Welcome to the AJ Bucon podcast. This is episode 39, and I am so glad to be here. But hey, this this episode, a little bit different, going back old school. I know the past couple of episodes, you know, I've been taking Charlie for a walk down the street. That was fun. Yet last time I was just hanging out on the porch enjoying the cool air and the, watching the mums grow and that, you know, and hanging out with Charlie again and just talking to you there, but kind of going old school. Um, I have a special guest today. I want to include those uh, every once in a while, because you know what? Uh, I think it's important that, that we listen to one another's stories, you know, um, you know, as we think about it, and I, I, you know, that's a big thing. I'm just, you know, thinking about lately, I, I think, you know, as we get to be a certain age and, we start looking back on our lives. We start kind of putting together different pieces that we've had um, in our lives, different experiences, different chapters to kind of see like what this whole thing has been about. And, you know, I'm still not sure. I'm sitting here on a Friday afternoon. I'm hungry, but I'm also wanting to hear a story. And, uh, you know, we talk about this. It's how we learn about other people from the stories that they share and we learn about them from their behavior and the things that they say to us and the things that they don't say to us. And um, that's kind of what makes us really unique as humans. So anyhow, a special guest, I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. Um, there's a story behind that. I don't want to get into it, but it's not Braden Whitelatch. It is. It's no, no, it's Braden Whitelatch. No. Braden Whitelatch. There we go. Because even at the football games, they don't say your name right. Never. And I just get confused. So it's like Braden Whitelatch. Yes, sir. Student in my class here at Central Catholic High School. Let me, I got a few things. Just want to introduce you. So, because people may not know who you are. Okay. As you know, like you are SGA president, student council president. Yes, sir. Been that for two years, two now. years now. It's incredible. Um, you're a member of all different kinds of, honor, like every honor society we have here at school, aren't you? Yes, sir. Whew. Varsity football player this year, team captain this year. Yes, sir. Dang, team captain. Lacrosse? Yep. You Are you team captain this year? Yes, sir. Were you team captain last year? No, last year is my first year. Well, how do you know you're going to be team captain this year? We announced them already. Oh, okay. What's this um, West Virginia SLA all-star? Yes, that's for lacrosse. So in my first year, I made the West Virginia SLA. It's like the West Virginia Scholastic Lacrosse Association. Your first game. year? Yes, sir. Wow, wow, wow. And um, you've done all kinds of things. And like I, I think the big thing this year, um, this past summer, was going to um, American Legion, mm -hmm. Boy State participant. And then you got to go to... Um, the national level, yeah, right, which is incredible. So, uh, I, this is a guy that uh, really interesting student, and I think he is kind of like the epitome of what um, we, you know, I think when people talk about like outstanding students, role model, um, you know, kind of the mold. They say, you know what, you know, we we, we all could aspire to be be what he is being or doing what he is doing. He's kind of the epitome of that. And I don't mean that in any light kind of sense. Um, it's truly an honor to be sitting here with him because he just does it all. He's like the total package, Thank academics, you. sports, 
leadership, great person. And hopefully by like talking to him a little bit today, maybe you'll, we'll find out a little bit about him and maybe he'll share some stuff with us about like how he looks at life and we can get some insights from him. Cause I think everyone has a story and it's kind of do that. So a little bit about your past. I want to kind of go back to growing up. All right. Did you grow up in the West Virginia area? Yeah. So okay. I've been I've gone to school in Wheeling for most of my life, but mm-hmm. I actually live in Moundsville, as you know, mm-hmm. Marshall County. Right. I grew up in my younger years, kind of on like a small farm, not with animals, but we had some we grew crops and everything. So during the summer, I was helping dig out potatoes, green beans, all of that. So that was a big thing. Now, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. So your family like would plant all of those? My grandparents would. Grandparents. Wow. Okay, cool. I was never, because my mo- my parents were always working. Uh-huh. You know, my dad was a police officer. My mom was okay. always doing like social work. Uh-huh. So I had to, my grandparents watched me for the most part and uh-huh. consisted of me being out there on like the farm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So like you were like a country boy out there. Basically. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So if I understand this right, um, parents worked all the time with yeah. your grandparents. I think it's great. Um, you learn a lot about your family history. Yeah. A lot of like, you know, personal stuff with that. Do you have any um, kind of memories of like being out on the farm? Anything like you remember, like with your, your grandparents being out there, like lessons that you've learned, funny moments, yeah. anything crazy ever happened out there? So like I'd say some of the biggest things I learned mm-hmm. was, so they live by, a, we call it a creek, mm-hmm. you know, creek, but <laughs> it would flood a lot. And we mm-hmm. always had to build this rock wall to make sure the bank wouldn't fall mm-hmm. in. But there would be times where it just kept it kept feeling like we just kept flooding repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it'd be times I'd be like, Well, why do I keep rebuilding this rock wall? Mm-hmm. But it was my great grandfather who is at the time now ninety-three. Wow. Still lives out there, does everything himself. That's another thing. That's okay. A big role model in my life. But he told me he's like, We well, gotta keep rebuilding it up, you know, you gotta protect the bank. Mm-hmm. And it was kinda like for me, it was like there's some things in life that we can't control. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of have to mold around that and right. get used to it mm-hmm. because we got to keep rebuilding ourselves mm-hmm. back up when the bad thing does happen. Okay. That's a big thing. So your great, it's a, it's your great grandfather. Yes, sir. Said that. And, but you have another, your grandfather. Yes. He was okay. a coal miner when I was, so he was a coal miner. So he was never really around because he was still okay. working at the time. All right. So I was always with my grandma or my great grandparents. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that is, Wow. Now, do you go out there anymore to do that? Are they still having the farm out there? Or? They still grow crops to an extent. It's mm-hmm. not as much as it used to be. We mm-hmm. used to grow strawberries, like the whole nine yards. But now it's kind of just more, basically more potatoes, a couple of things of cabbage, some zucchini, mm-hmm. green, like peppers, all that stuff. But it used to be like a really big, you know, we had like rows. Mm-hmm. We used to have to till and hoe. Oh, yeah. So that was not by by hand or by machine. Did you have a well? The tractor? tiller was by hand. The hose by obviously by hand. <sighs> Cut grass, mowing like man, riding tractor. It sounds like that's where you got your work ethic. Yeah, that, I think for like the most part, it was kind of like farm strength. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it was kind of like, well, I got to get this done, and then mm-hmm. I got this at the end, and that's okay. that was like the reward because I used to go in the woods mm-hmm. and we play army men. That was my reward. Army Wh- men. In the who woods. would play army men in the woods? My grandparents would play with me. With you? Yeah. That's so cool. It was really interesting. Like, oh, and it's wow. something that's uh-huh. always stuck with me. Wow. Yeah. That's not, that is really neat. So are you, um, would you say that your, your grandparents have been the biggest influence on your life? Cause when I look at like the things that you've accomplished in school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like if I, you know, if we start looking at academics and clearly a stellar student involved in all kinds of organizations, football team, lacrosse team, um, 
you know, the American Legion, everything that you've accomplished, is that a direct result of like the farm, working on the farm, or is that just part of it? Is there another part of your story that you have another kind of influence that influenced you academically or anything like that? I feel like another big thing mm -hmm. that really influenced me was my parents. Mm -hmm. So as I've told you and I've told some other people, like obviously these people mm -hmm. listening wouldn't know, my mother had my uh, my older brother when she was 18. Mm -hmm. So that was a big challenge, obviously. Yes. You know, teen pregnancies, all that. Mm -hmm. And then my dad was in the Marines during this time as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's 18-year-old, mm -hmm. what do I do? Yeah. And my mother was very intelligent. Mm -hmm. So she ended up going to Wheeling Jesuit at the okay. time because it was close enough for her to still be around Clinton. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually gets through there. Dad's still in the Marines at the time as well. He goes on three deployments to war zones, Iraq and Afghanistan. Wow. He's in okay. like, and like he's, there was times like they didn't know, like there was one time his Hummer got flipped, like it was bad, mm -hmm. you know. But my mom, she gets pregnant with me in 05, and she wanted to be in law school. Well, Notre Dame's law school actually reached out to her. And mind you, this is the time where like they mm -hmm. sent her a letter, and they're like, hey, come here. We'll give you this, right. this, and this. You know, mm -hmm. It's not like an email where you got to like look it up. This is still like early right. 2000s. Mm -hmm. She still has the letter at my grandparents' house. But my mom chose to go to Duquesne University in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh because it was close enough to Clinton and then she was also pregnant with me at the time. So she went through law school while being mm -hmm. pregnant and while also having Clinton, who would have been like five or eight, one of the two. Okay. And she would take me to class once I was born. So she's sitting there in her law lectures with me in my little like carry on, you know, and writing oh, it down. Wow. So that was like a big thing because okay. if she could do that, mm -hmm. then I could at least put forward enough effort to get A's, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like that, that mm -hmm. was what's something that always yeah. stuck with me. Like, yeah. and another thing like that's shaped my life because like I have these small obstacles and I look mm -hmm. at stuff like that. Like she changed her whole life path for us, mm -hmm. even though she didn't have to, you right. know? And that's another thing with my dad. He was constantly working for us. Mm -hmm. So he was in the Marines. Like I said, he came out and then he got involved in the police force because right. it was like his way of making an impact on the community. Mm -hmm. And he's been there for almost 20 years now. Wow. Yeah. So it's just with work ethic and how I make an impact, mm -hmm. that was a big thing from that. So that's really um, your grandparents, your parents, you've had such a, an incredible support system yes. there for you. Like growing up, um, there are a lot of young people who don't have like the extended family that are yeah. able to do that. And I, you know, clearly you recognize the blessing of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it does, it, it kind of like, like what you said about like you, you feel as if you owe it to them. It's like you're living up to like your leg, their legacy, like everything yeah. that they've done and you're kind of doing yourself now. And, mm -hmm. um, and it, and maybe that was kind of, maybe that's what inspired you to like with the American Legion when you went down to that. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a pretty big honor to be, first of all, be selected from that, from the school. Right. Yes, and then when you went, so take us through that. You go to American Legion happens over the summer. Yes. Correct. Where does it? So Boyce, Boyce State, State program. Yes. That happens at Jackson Mill in West Virginia. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's one of the, it's the second oldest Boyce State program in the okay. whole United States. Wow. Okay. And they've held it Jackson Mill from mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's just stayed there ever right. since. Like the tradition is there, you mm -hmm. know, that's why they keep it there. Right. So it's at the end of June, you go down, and for about a week, you run a mock state. You have all different types of jobs. You have government, journalism, you have like law enforcement, 
corrections, right. all of it. It's really interesting because they want okay. you to see your career path that mm -hmm. you want to do. And at the original meeting in Wheeling, they had like said, hey, every year two people are picked to go to Boys Nation in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't thinking about it at the time because the day I was leaving Boys State, we were going to get down to the beach. Mm -hmm. And to be for a government position, you had to have a suit. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to bring a suit to the beach. So I was like, I'm not going to run for a government position. And right. I know it's like funny looking back mm -hmm. on it now because that was the only way you could get an interview for the Boys Nation. Okay. Unless there was a special circumstance. Because in this manual, that was probably like 100 some pages long. It was like, in special circumstances, mm -hmm. a special interview will be held. And that was something that didn't like, I wasn't thinking of at the time, you know. Mm -hmm. So we ended up going down. And the job I originally wanted to do was the forensic scientist because that's what I'm. That's what I was interested right. in before. It's kind of like what your dad does with. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I'll apply for forensics. Right. Well, like twenty kids applied for forensics, and I'm like, I'm not going to do forensics. I applied for the state police. So I made it into this the mock state police, mm -hmm. and for like three days, you go through like what they call their police academy. So it's classes. You learn about all this stuff due process, the amendments that cover people, mm -hmm. all of it. It's really interesting. So you learn that, you take some tests, and eventually it comes to a time where you have to pick a colonel. So the mock governor comes in and interviews three people. They pick the three people with like the highest test scores and who the actual state police recommend. They recommended me and two others. So we go wow. in for the interview. Uh -huh. And like the mock governor is interviewing me. And he's now the there. mock governor, is that a student? Yes. Okay, all right. Same okay, age cool, as cool, me. Cool. All right. So he's interviewing me with like an actual like older person who helped like the governor, like the governor's aide is what they call mm -hmm. him. So I'm getting interviewed and they're like, well, what are you involved in the school? And, you know, I go down the list and they're like, I'm like, and that's it. And they're like, mm -hmm. and that's it. I mean, you just listed everything you could put in your mm -hmm. school, you know? And right, they're like, right. and I was picked. Right. So I was selected by him. And it's just like a title. Like it wasn't anything like special, like, because there would be like mock calls we would go to mm -hmm. at this actual thing. You know, there'd be like a murder or a car crash. And right. it's how you react to an actual situation mm -hmm. outside of this mock trial. Wow. Okay. It was really fascinating. Mm -hmm. At about, I want to say, close to the end of the week, the two real state troopers, Sergeant Wentz and Corporal Stallings, those are the two names, they pull me into like their little like room. And they're like, hey, we just wanted to let you know. First off, they told me I was invited back as a counselor, and that's a big deal in and of yeah, itself. Yeah, that's great. You mm -hmm. know? Second off, they're like, hey, we put you up for an interview for Boys Nation. And I was like, what? Like, I was, like, was kind of like, this came out of nowhere. Uh -huh. It was out of left field. And they're like, yeah, one of your fellow people you're with, it's like one of the fellow students recommended mm -hmm. me for it. And wow. those two state troopers put in a word, too. They're like, hey, this kid deserves it. He should get an interview. Wow. Because there's exciting. an interview process, uh -huh. and then you still get picked after. Wow. Yeah. So there's like, it's a pretty big screening mm -hmm. pool. So I was like, well, okay. You know, like I was like kind of mm -hmm. caught off guard. I called my parents, and I'm like, well, I got an interview for Boys Nation. They're like, what? Mm -hmm. So I have the interview. You go in. There's like six people sitting at this big conference table. But you don't have a suit, right? No, I'm standing there with like a T-shirt and like shorts. You know, everybody else goes <laughs> in all fancy. And, oh, no. and there's me, and I'm like, okay. You got my little... Uh, state police like paper badge <laughs> clipped on but I go in and I sit down and I start talking to them all mm -hmm. you know I shake the hands and everything and they just ask me questions about like well how do you want to be remembered in your community 
and what's been your biggest impact on your life mm-hmm. that we talked about that and then i said it for the community i was like well i want to be remembered as someone who made an active impact and i'm not saying i want to be have a statue of me erected i just want to know like mind of my life that i made a difference on people mm-hmm. you know i don't care like i'm not in it for like the fame or the money or anything i could care less about that mm-hmm. it's just i want to know looking back on it when i'm like 80 sitting there in like a rocking mm-hmm. chair like i did good Right. You know, like you've mm-hmm. done well, my faithful servant. You know, like right. that's something that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I told him that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, we get that. And then they're like, well, how would you think you would do in a group of 98 people from all over the country? And I was like, well, I think I'd do pretty well. I'd find comparisons with everybody, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be able to compromise. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. They're like, well, what about when problems arise? And I'm like, well, then there's compromise. Because mm-hmm. if you come together and you find, hey, let's do this, I want to do this. You can always find a middle ground, and people don't want to find that sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're right. so caught up in themselves. So the interview went really well, obviously. Mm-hmm. And at the the final like closer, there's like 200 kids sitting there in the stable, and they announce all the awards and who's won what. And they go through the Boys Nation people, and they announce the first two alternates first. Mm-hmm. So they announced two kids that were really bright and had like the government-held positions. And then they're like, and for like our actual two real ones, they announced the other kid first, uh-huh. Colin Street. He he goes to Morgantown. Right. And then they said me, but they mispronounced my name at first. So I heard Brandon and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was White Latch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So you know, that's, that's me. Okay, I was like, all right. But like there for a minute, I was like, are you kidding me? There's another Brandon that got interviewed. <laughs> but no, it was me. So that's that, incredible. Oh yeah. Wow. Man, that would have been a rush for you. Like, it, it was hard. I was like, are you kidding? Like, uh-huh. there, that split second, it was like, what? Mm-hmm. Worked out in the end. So when you went to the national level, yes. that was a totally different experience yes. from the state one. So I remember you are telling me about it. You were, you're doing more in terms of, like, the government. Yes. Okay. Can you give us a little insight what that was like? So you go for the nation. Mm-hmm. You run, like, a mock Senate. Mm-hmm. So you're going to act like your Congress, basically. You know, you got to come with a bill you've written. You got to be able to go on the floor and speak it to others. You got to go through these Mm -hmm. small committees, the subcommittees, talk to them. There's like the whole amendment process. It's basically Mm -hmm. like the Constitution is now Mm -hmm. framed for our government. We have our own Constitution. We followed the U.S. one, obviously, and then there's the Boys Nation Constitution. Mm -hmm. At first, I got there, and people are talking about parliamentary procedure, and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Why am I here? You know, (laughs) I got really nervous. (laughs) But like, I quickly found out that like. I can do this, you know, but like yeah, walking absolutely. into it, walking into it. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not equipped for this. I'm not Did the, you tell the job. I, I didn't. Cause like, I try to go okay. in there, you know, okay. hey, I can okay. do this confident, right. you know, not at all. No. no, it was like, I was like, I can't do this. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to fly by myself for one. That's a, that was interesting. Was that your you know? first flight? You've flown before. That was, was my it? second flight and I was flying alone. <sighs> and when we landed right. the plane, like smacked down and I was like, this is just, maybe this is a bad sign. <laughs> That's cool. But no, mm-hmm. I get there. I quickly find the people that I'm like friends with. Mm-hmm. You're split up in like the four sections. My right. section was like from Rhode Island down to the mm-hmm. end of the alphabet. Right. So I met some really interesting people okay. I still talk to now. Mm-hmm. But like we really bonded as a group. And it was really cool to see how like the leaders of tomorrow are going to be. Right. That's something that like really Did you meet me. anyone? Like were there any like senators or anyone that came around to – see anyone while you were there or? like real senators mm-hmm. so we get a capitol hill it was capitol okay. hill thursday right so we get to meet with our senators and then if you come across people while you're in their chambers mm-hmm. you know you get to meet them too oh, wow so a okay. lot of people got to meet with ted cruz 
because he was walking around okay. and he let him all in. He gave mm-hmm. him like Dr. Peppers and stuff. I obviously got to meet with, Dr. Peppers. He had a bunch like, of Dr. Peppers. Yeah, he just had a bunch of Dr. Peppers. He had like these big boots on too. Really cool <laughs> paintings. I don't know. All right. <laughs> um, I got to meet with Senator Capito. Okay. I got to meet with her. Really nice uh-huh. lady. It was really interesting mm-hmm. just to hear everything. Okay. She's like the uh, Senator Minority Leader, mm-hmm. I believe. I didn't okay. know that. But Senator Manchin had COVID. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to meet gotcha. with him. I had like seen him in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. But just walking through it all, it was just really mm-hmm. interesting to see. Is there anything like when you, it, it, you've had an experience that I don't think, I don't, I don't think I've ever met anyone who has done this before. Um, when you come back, how do you like come back from even boy state, but much, you know, even more so this national state? Um, like, how do you, national is it it's called boys nation right so yeah. how do you come back to school come back to moundsville come back to this area um did your attitude change you start looking at things differently how do you how does that affect you as you kind of move towards the end of your senior year yeah so i'd say it's affected me greatly mm-hmm. obviously i don't know if i've even told you this but mm-hmm. i transferred into the senior project class for okay. my second semester okay. i was originally going to take senior art because i just mm-hmm. needed a filler class Mm-hmm. I'm going to start working on my mock bill I wrote and try to make it a real bill, talk to some legislatures that I know in my mm-hmm. area, and then actually see if I can get it on the floor okay. in West Virginia's Cong- okay. thing. What's your bill? Do you have any idea what you're going to do? Or So it's actually, it's funny, from West Virginia. Are you allowed to share I, this? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's okay. fine. I wrote one about gun control, mm-hmm. but gun control that wouldn't go against the Constitution and the Second okay. Amendment because it would be like red flag laws. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that, but... Basically, it's if like someone believes another person shouldn't have their like guns for like mm-hmm. a number of reasons. You know, they're a danger to themselves, danger to others. Mm-hmm. They've made threats before. Right. You can petition a court to look at taking away their firearms, firearms mm-hmm. for a set amount of time. Like max amount of time is mm-hmm. mainly a year. Right. And in that time frame, it's like they get help, they get the resources mm-hmm. they need. Right. Statistics have shown that it's actually helped a lot in California. Like okay. suicide rates with like firearms have gone down mm-hmm. big time because mm-hmm. they use them there. Same with New York. Mm-hmm. But you look at places like even Florida, one of the most like conservative states, mm-hmm. has these laws. Okay. And it's like actually helped them as well. And that's. But we don't have it here in West no, Virginia. Okay. It's, we're really against it, obviously, because mm-hmm. like people really believe in their weapons. But what people seem to don't grasp about the thing, and I even had. So I had to talk about my red flag laws on the news, mm-hmm. and I had people commenting on the post like, hey, Braden, you're wrong. I'm like, I'm 17, and you're wrong because I can't even explain myself, you know? I'm like, I will sit right. down with you any day of the week mm-hmm. and walk you through it all. I got, like, research documents, mm-hmm. you know? But people don't understand the amount of, like, with due process, you have to go through a court, and you can appeal to the other mm-hmm. courts, you know, and right. people are going to watch these firearms, and it's going to help mm-hmm. you get help. And it's not saying that, like, you can't have them. It's so that there's not sh- more mass shootings, you know, mm-hmm. fi- like suicides with firearms, because, right. like, that's a big thing, mm-hmm. especially in our country. And right. that's, like, if I can, like, start to make, like, a small impact, mm-hmm. and this bill could go nowhere. It could go, at, like, really far. Right. I just want to be able to get my feet wet because mm-hmm. this may be something I end up doing later in life. But I was actually going to my next question so like is this going to be a springboard for you like all these experiences is is this a springboard for you like after you graduate and at the next level where do you see yourself in the next three or four years 
That's funny. Uh, so the funny, next like thing, you haven't considered it. I or mean, I, I've considered it, but it's just like I even told my mom the one day. I'm like, I wish I had like two or three lives to get all the things mm-hmm. done I want to get done. Right. You know, and that's I know like some people may like be like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And I look at it and I'm like, I have too much I want to do with my life. Right. Like I want to I want to be able to make a direct impact, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. whether that be in the government side of things, mm-hmm. in the law enforcement side of things, in the military side mm-hmm. of things, if not like all three combined together. Right. Because I think eventually down the road, mm-hmm. as I get my life set up and everything comes together, I will start getting involved with politics. Right. But in the initial early years, I think obviously I'm going to draft that bill. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to some people I know in the state mm-hmm. through connections and everything right. and the people I've met through Boy State. Mm-hmm. See if I can get that into there mm-hmm. and go from there and learn from right. people. You know, maybe do. I was offered an internship with Mrs. Capito mm-hmm. through their office because of okay. like me meeting her and right. making buddy wow. buddy, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. She's, you know, quite a future ahead of you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's probably stressful sometimes, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, if you, I guess it's like, I think a lot of, uh, seniors students your age are probably going through the same thing they're like you're being told you have to register for this you have to do this you have to start planning for this and like you feel as if you have to plan your entire life like right now yes and it probably is causing a lot of stress and angst and in the everything yes yeah. a little bit so like who do you rely on to like kind of um to get through everything. Yeah. Really? Like, I mean, I know clearly you definitely probably talked to your mother about it, right? Yeah. So talk parents I about it. Talk to my, I talked mm-hmm. to my mom more about it than my dad. I'd say, mm-hmm. you know, like I said earlier, like my dad, our relationship mm-hmm. is obviously more different than my mom. I know mm-hmm. like, cause like we never like talk about our feelings, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like yeah. for the most part, mm-hmm. mom and I, though, like we've opened up to each other about like, cause we share in some problems, like my anxiety at times will get like off the charts and I got to like mm-hmm. work my way back down. Right. Like, that's something, like, I struggled with, like, mm-hmm. middle school isk into high school. Like, I had to really figure out how I had to deal with that mm-hmm. while trying to get accomplished all the things I want to do. Right. And it was eventually, like, well, you can't do everything. Right. And that's something that was really hard for me because mm-hmm. I wanted to do everything and get it done to, like, the perfect way. Mm-hmm. But I talked to my parents a lot. My relationship, like, with God got a lot better because, mm-hmm. like, Obviously, that wasn't the best if you're, like, really anxious. And you're mm-hmm. like, why is this happening? And you have all these bad things happen. Right. But I got better in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I talked to a couple of my friends about it. Not a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then I talked to Meredith about it, you know. Right. It's my girlfriend, for anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. know. You know, like, we talk about, like, some of that stuff together because it's just, like, we're both seniors. We both get right. it. We're mm-hmm. both pushing ourselves to really high standards. Right. And we both want the best for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's another right. big thing. We just want like to get the best out of this every situation we can. So how do you handle like this senior year? You're kind of going through things day to day. I don't think you would admit that you're a perfect person, right? But things do go wrong, right? right. Yeah. So like what's the self-talk you give yourself when things go wrong? You know what I mean? Like, oh no, this sucks. How do you get yourself, how do you, if you don't have these people around, how do you dig yourself out of all that? So a big thing that I've started to do, mm-hmm. this is going to sound really nerdy. I started reading more philosophy, mm-hmm. actually. Cool. I started looking more at the Stoics mm-hmm. from like Marcus Aurelius. I've okay. read a lot of him, Caesar, uh-huh. Seneca, all of okay. them. You know, I like some of their quotes about it. And there's some things and it's like, well, if you can't control it in life, why are you worrying about it? That's a big thing that I had to come to mm-hmm. grasp. 
right that or it's like in five years from now we are you still going to be worrying about it and there's another technique that really helped me i like that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of like well then like everything gets like a lot easier right. you look at yourself mm-hmm. you try you sit there and then you're like i'm here in wheeling central taking it all in and then you zoom out and then you just see the city and then mm-hmm. you zoom out and you just see the state you zoom out you see the country mm-hmm. you zoom out you see the continent yeah you zoom out you see the world you know mm-hmm. And you think of how small you are mm-hmm. in this whole giant, crazy world of life that you're right. in. And then you're kind of kind of puts you back in your place. Mm-hmm. Like me getting this essay to be 100 or a mm-hmm. 95 is not the biggest thing. You right. know, me missing two problems on my chem test isn't the biggest Whoa, problem. You, you know, two, two problems on your chem test. Still got an A. I was a little nervous. And what... It, <laughs> that's just a big thing like yeah, I, just, I i always mm-hmm. and i like i've struggled with it mm-hmm. for like most of my life mm-hmm. like i'm just now getting to the point where i'm comfortable with this with these things mm-hmm. like and it's something it may not seem like it on the surface and this is mm-hmm. another thing so we had to do these quotes for religion so this is actually the quote um it's always stuck with me I this just, one you put up on yeah, so we, it's it's not above the locker. It's the one that we have to do the 10 quotes that we hang in the classroom. For gotcha, her. gotcha. Okay, okay. So I just found it, but even like the past few days, it's stuck with me mm-hmm. because this is a philosophy I've had, but I never like this quote, like open up a lot. And it's, every man has his secret sorrows, which the world knows not. And oftentimes we call a man cold when he is only sad. And that was one I was like, Oof. oh, read, just read that one more time. Just yeah. slow it down a little bit. Oh, I got we got we to gotta take it. Sometimes with a good quote, you have to slow it down and just like, so every man has his secret sorrows, which the world knows not. And oftentimes we call a man cold when he is only sad. And that was one where I was like, wow. You know, like, because mm-hmm. I try to live with the motto of, well, you never know what's going on in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what like, because like some people, when they're looking at me, they mm-hmm. may be like, well, he does all this and mm-hmm. this. So his life must be great, you know? Yes. But you never fully grasp what's going on under the surface of a person mm-hmm. unless you're like up with them till 1 a.m. Right. talking, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, absolutely. That's a big thing. And most people now don't get that. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. But we have, like, as a society as a whole, we have to understand mm-hmm. everyone has their struggles right. in life. They just show mm-hmm. it other different than right. others. And I think it's like you, you say that and it reminds me, I don't remember the quote from Brian Stevenson's uh, Just Mercy. I've talked about it before on the podcast about how his uh, grandmother, because you were talking about your grandparents, always mm-hmm. talked about, his grandmother always said, uh, if you're going to understand people, you have to move closer. And he always thought it meant like physical, like proximity. Like yeah. You had to be closer to someone in order to understand them. It wasn't. It was like you have to, like, I think we in society just stay, we stay so far apart from one another. And I think we look at a distance, like as you said, people may look at you and say, oh, this is who you know, who Braden is, and da, 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 da. he's just all this, and doesn't, they don't want to talk to you about it because you probably, like, you got your own thing going on. Yeah. But, like, um, that's kind of the opposite of who you are. You kind of, like, gravitate towards other people, and yeah. I think that's a unique thing about you. Um, if I may, yeah. if I may, um, the other day, in, well, in class, we're working on our own blogs, oh, yeah. you know, and, like, Braden, um, do you mind if I share? Good. I don't want to, like, I'm, I'm reading your blog to you. Yeah, you're okay. But, like, Braden works at Walmart down in Moundsville. He yeah. runs the entire 
garden department. Second in command. I thought you were in charge of the whole. Oh, no. Oh. On day she's not there, which, which to okay. be fair, to be fair, I'm okay. not trying to like pat myself on the back. Uh, she deals with, she has like medical seizures. Okay. So for the most part, it's like me getting stuck in there. Okay. I just don't have the pay raise to show it. That's all right. Yeah. We're not. Do you want me to cut this out? Am I allowed to say that? What? I don't want people at Walmart hearing this because mm-hmm. they may play it over the whole thing. Oh, no. But anyhow, no. Anyhow, so he wrote his first blog, and I was like, I don't know what they're, I don't, like when we do the blogs, I have no idea what they're going to write about. And I was like, just pick something, but have a point to it. And um, he did this really interesting. I, I'm talking about, it's like, if you're not sitting here. But anyhow, I'm talking to them. Braden, you did this really cool one about, it was called Walmart, a job or a life lesson. Yeah. And, um, and this is kind of like, this is what, like you epitomize, like what I, I hope that most young people can start doing in terms of like looking at the world around them. Cause I think a lot of times we only look to certain people in society as, um, vessels of information as people to transfer like knowledge. Yeah. Um, like you clearly have learned from your grandparents, your great grandparents, your mother, your father, and like you were raised in an environment that has like taught you to see all of that, whether you realize it or not. Exactly. And um, so like he wrote, uh, he, 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 Braden wrote about, um, you wrote about like the different people that you were working with at Walmart yes. in Moundsville and the different personalities and like how you had gotten the job there. It's like, it was a job and it wasn't a job. And it was like really, it's a really interesting blog and maybe he'll, he'll share it, you know, when he closes out today. But um he had this really interesting couple of last sentences. Do you mind if I read them? Because I thought I always like say, you got to have a point where like, I have to understand like what you're getting to. And so initially what started out as a blog where you were talking about like all the different people took us kind of to a different place. And I think that's the whole, the cool thing about what you do and like the way you look at life. And you wrote the lessons that they taught me, they being the people that you work with um, at Walmart and the bonds I made with them will never be forgotten. Every week when I go to work, I'm excited to hear someone's story. Look at that. I know. I realized I wasn't just working there for the money or the experience. I was working there to learn more about the people around me. And it's like, to me, I'm going to kind of do a little analysis of your blog now. Do you okay. like that? Uh, like, yeah, you that's, you that's good. That's good. That coming. And it's like, and that's going to kind of help me kind of close out this podcast a little bit. Because I think that's what what's really unique about it is, what, what you're talking about is like sometimes we're in a position and we're, we're in a situation like with myself as a teacher or you as a student or, you know, anybody and anybody walk in their walk of life is we find ourselves in certain situations and we're, we think we're there for a certain reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And until we can start like flipping that and saying like, well, maybe it's not for that reason. Maybe it's for something else. We start to see kind of more of our purpose and we understand life a little bit better. Like, you know, to me, I've been teaching, this is my 33rd year teaching. I'm losing my mind, but I'm going to be okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to have to rely on you for some of those quotes because okay. I'm like, Whew. those were good. They were, your quotes are very good. They are very good. Um, just kind of find that, that peacefulness and kind of find that balance. It's not easy to do. And I don't think it gets any easier as you grow older. It gets more difficult as you yeah. grow older. So, you got to have that kind of philosophy. But like what I liked about it is that, you know, you can never assume that you know everything. Like you went to national, the boys nation, was boys nation. And like, you thought like, Oh, I don't know that, you know, like, uh, yeah. and then you, you got there and like, well, I don't know that. 
I don't know like the parliamentary procedure. Yeah. And I think that's a good um, lesson for all of us. And I think it's okay to say and to admit that I don't know something. You know, I don't know everything there is to know. Um, I, w- I remember teaching a class down in North Carolina. It was called Theory of Knowledge. And we always taught one of our philosophies, and that was intellectual humility. And it wasn't just about like intellect in terms of book knowledge. It was just about like the world itself that about having the attitude that you don't know everything and that your mindset is I'm just here to learn. And the more I take in, the more I understand the world, the people around me, the more developed I, I become. And I think that's kind of epitomized. That's like who you are. Like you are like you went to Boise State. You had a great experience there. You, you know, you're telling your story today and it really is, you know, for many people, a metaphor for what we can all do in our lives. Like we get, we are, we find ourselves in certain situations and we allow ourselves to learn more and more and more and to grow from that. And so from that growth, you went to the, you know, boys nation and even larger experience and you bring it back here. And I think that's kind of what we all, you know, we all want to try to do on our journey is kind of like be open-minded enough to say like see the world around us see the potential that's out there and to uh bring it back to our community and to the people that we love who we care about and to inspire them to go out and do that and so like you know beginning of the podcast was just talking about like people like you know sharing their stories and i think that's that's i don't know i just been focused on that for the past couple of years of my life like as we get older, we try to find some kind of meaning in the things that we do. And yeah. it's a constant for me. It's a constant, like, what the hell am I? Oh, sorry. Oh, well, I don't oh, know. Oh. it's what the hell am I doing? And is. like, why am I doing this? And I, I have that, I answer that question, I ask myself that question every day. And it is, it's just about finding that meaning and, um, and not letting like the situation you're in dictate how you learn and how you grow. And like life is full of those, hills and valleys and challenges and the crazy things that happen to us and how we we grow from that is the important thing. And I think you you hopefully people have listened to your story and they kind of understand that on the surface, honor student, academics, student council president, yeah. captain of the football team, captain of the lacrosse team, boys nation, boys state, all this at all these acclaimed, but like to me, those are things that you've done, but is that who you are? Yeah. And I think I think you are to the point where it's like, hey, I've done all those, but that's not who I am as an individual. And I think that's the important thing that we have to realize, that we have to be able to separate um, like who young people are nowadays, who older people are, like separate them from what the things that they're doing, but like kind of see how who they are, if that makes any sense. So um, I'm going to close out here, and then I'm going to give you the final word, because you know, I don't know what you're going to say. So anyhow, um, just want to remind everyone, um, my philosophy, just got to keep on moving. You know, life is, it's rough and it's not always going to be easy. Um, there are going to be a lot of wonderful things happening in your life and we got to just keep moving on. And, um, important thing here is you got to make sure that you take care of yourself, you know? Uh, and I'm talking about like physically and mentally, you know, you got to get enough sleep. You got to get enough rest. You got to get that prayer in. You got to like have a good mindset because if you don't have a good mindset, if you're not taking care of yourself physically, mentally, you can't really do a great job taking care of the people that you love and that you care about. 
And if you can't get that kind of right, you're no service to them in the way that you want to be. It, yeah. it, it, you have to really take care of yourself. So it's important that we kind of do that from time to time. You're a good example of that. So, hey, um, I got two books out. They're on Amazon, amazon.com, as a matter of fact. Um, my Corner of the World about my first year back here at Central. Um, and Sunday Mornings with Coffee, just a collection of my blogs. Uh, hopefully you can check out my blog. It's at ajbucon.com. And there's a link there to my 500-mile country store. Uh, you know, the September sale has ended. It's gone. Sorry, but it, it's all there for you still if you want to take a look at it. Take a look at it. Like something. Maybe you'll get a little notification from me. You never know. But, hey, let's make sure we're, we're being kind to one another, taking care of ourselves. And I am going to let Braden close us out here. Give us a final thought, Braden. It's all yours. So final thing I have just to kind of end on Mr. Bucon's point here is how he was talking about how you have to take care of uh, yourself in order to take care of others. You know, uh, you can't fill up another glass if your glass is empty. That's a big thing. I've, I've heard that. I'll say it again. I'll slow myself down. You can't fill up another glass if your glass is empty. It's a big thing. It's always stuck out with me. And we always got to see the small wins when there's a big loss because we see that big win and that's all we can focus on. But when the small wins come along, we got to be able to take those even more than we take that big win at the end. That's all I got. All right. Thanks, Braden. Thank you, everyone, for listening.